Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to the Night a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes, and... I am Chris Warner, and we got no wall! We got no wall! We're reviewing Not Quite South of the Border, which is a very, very, very well-known and pretty infamous episode of Laverne Shirley. Directed by good old Joel Zwick and written by Deborah Letchin and Susan Seeger. Chris probably has some facts about them coming up later on. Here's what the episode's about. The girls have been saving all year for a tropical vacation, and now the time has finally arrived. They're flying off to Raul's by the Bay in near Mexico. Their dreamy hopes are soon dashed thanks to lost luggage. Fred Frick, the owner of Raul's by the Bay, whose lies and cheapness turned their dreamy tropical vacation into a tiny plastic wading pool and a room missing an entire wall, a Montezuma's, a.k.a. Raul's Revenge, bearing roommates, no air conditioning, goatee visitors, and a tropical store. The Vern repeatedly crying that they have no wall wants to complain, but Shelly tries to make the best of it. Will the girls get their money back or even survive near Mexico? What do you think of this one? I, I really just have one serious, important question that I don't think we get answered at the end. After the storm, was the goat okay? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the goat was okay. They should have fed Fred to the goat. Absolutely. <laughs> Feed the bastard the goat. To the yeah, bay! I mean, to the bay! To the bay! I mean, admittedly, the goat eats weeds, and he is just like a weed. That's what a lot of these <laughs> shysters are. They are blights and oh. parasitic monstrosities upon the wonderful lawns of reality. Human lichen. Human lichen. Yeah. And it's there like, I, I will do like the fact that the girls end up getting all their money back. They still have a better vacation the next year. They do have another vacation episode coming up later in the season. Uh, th- that one goes worse for them. Oh, dear. <laughs> If you can oh, imagine, dear. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but uh, for all their misery, they do get rewarded this time, which is okay. Yeah. The boys do have a better vacation in their luggage, but anyway. Yeah, and it's sort of implied they probably snuck out of the trunk every once in a while, which is a is, yeah. is great. But we'll, we'll yeah. but that's getting ahead of ourselves. That's yeah. that's all yeah, the yeah. way towards. Trying the end. to picture how they managed to do that without alerting airport security is interesting. Hmm. In of itself. Okay, so here's. Here's my theory is that all the places they went had crew members that were as dumb as they are, and they used Monopoly money to go. pay their way. There you go. There you go. Hey, 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 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Turn the other way. Let's make sure the suitcases get on the airplane without us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so the, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, in terms of thoughts of the episode, this was a lot of fun. I mean, I, we actually, um, yes. my first experience with this was as part of the vacation watch along that we did uh, yes. this past summer of 2021 because by the time this episode goes up it'll be well into i think it'll be like around spring 2022 i think um but yeah uh, but yeah so it was it's a i mean yeah i'd already seen you know bits of the clips of the storm i'd seen the we we got no wall clip and you know it just it's a really (laughs) it's i it's an interesting i i had a lot of thoughts about this that we'll kind of get to in terms of like pros and cons because i yeah I'm also fascinated by how this is another episode about class in some respects is about class snobbery, but it's also about a low class guy who has barely more money than they do. I mean, this guy probably is the kind of shyster that, you know, maybe has like $500 in his bank account rather, you know, in his savings or $700,000, $700 in his savings. 
rather than them who like at best probably have like 20 and exactly and and he's the Saul Goodman of hoteliers yeah exactly basically. yeah and and so he's you know it, it and very much this whole like it's you know it's it's your problem not my yeah. problem and etc and yeah. so it's a yeah yeah. yeah, it's oh god. What are you complaining about? At least you have a pool, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, it's like I, I think it's he's still kind of punching down because I was trying to figure out is this is somebody yeah. who's higher up punching down or is this another poor person punching sideways? Which is another problem in and of itself that we see within people who are below the poverty line and people. And because I, as a film person, when you work in indie film, you run into these kind of people all the time. That's like, you know, hey, well, there's no bathroom on this location shoot in the woods. Yeah, Yeah, that's more like a you problem. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Go pee on the tree. Right. Basically. (laughs) It's definitely a punching sideways thing. You could tell. He is scraping moolah from where he can get it. Mm-hmm. Little, little, little dollar here, dollar here, dollar there, dollar there. Uh, but we do not do not feel sorry for him because he is not being kind or honest here. Exactly. It's hard to yeah. feel much sympathy for him because he is basically skin flinting everyone. He his, his buffet probably gave poor Dottie uh, diarrhea and other terrible gastrointestinal things. Right. Oh god! Because it's not. It could be. It's probably not the water. I, I, pro, I probably should, probably presume it's not the running water. The girls never drink anything, so you don't know. Yeah, yeah. But it, uh, there's, there's many different ways that it could come from. I mean, yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. Because because yeah. I know when people travel these different climates and stuff. I mean, there's the there's a story I always remember yeah. about um, uh, when they shot the movie Predator. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the yes. only person who did not get food poisoning and have stomach problems because he imported all of his own food from the states. <laughs> He pulled the Jeff Goldblum in in that uh, vibes. Oh, Balls that's... food and water with him. That's right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's hard to feel sorry for Fred here because he is, you know, taking all these these people, this, these persons' hard earned money. Right. He's taking everybody's hard earned money, and all these people are very rich. So you gotta feel bad for like everyone but him in the situation. Yeah. Even even Lou yeah. the. Um... Uh, the kind of per, I think he's Pre- the pervy guy. Um, the <laughs> creepy guy, yeah, trying to make a pass at Laverne, the only single guy there. Oh, and and he goes, and even <laughs> after Dottie is like running to the bathroom, he's like, Wait, I didn't get your number. It's like, <laughs> dude, she's either about to, she's either doing one barrel, the other barrel, or both at the same time. In time, you, you, re- you know, oh, it's, 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 it's sorry, that's a Bob's Burgers joke, but. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the river runs through Bob, Bob, if I recall, is the episode. Um, I, I'm curious what your take is on Shirley in this episode because it felt shockingly Barb slash Lily delusional to a terrifying point. She pretty much goes into optimism overdrive. She's just going to close her eyes and not allow herself to realize she has been completely ripped out of her money. She's going to try to make the best out of this. She has a little fashionable one sack dress. She is marching around the pool, the little hat on. Everything's going to be fine, she swears. And she will make it fine or else. Mm-hmm. Laverne, meanwhile, immediately looks at the holes in the wall, knows that she's screwed, and is basically going, we have no wall, Shirley. It's time to go, Shirley. Let's get our money back, Shirley. But no, Shirley is 
so determined to get her vacation time in that she will ignore everything around her. Yeah. She is being she's busy being, being Sholita Fini. There is a because the line delivery of oh look, we get the pool all to ourselves. That is, I mean, it's it's still funny, but it's kind of depressing. There's a caustic nature. I mean, like you, I felt I could really see Indy. It was Indy, sorry, Cindy, acting her butt off to create this characterization. She's you know hitting all these marks and saying the punchlines and the setups and everything, but there's like yeah. all this like layers of character work of her mom yes. and her optimism and everything's fine. I'm in control because this is you know. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, like every time I've been out someplace and like gotten screwed and like, you know, yeah. some friend invites me to a gathering and it's like, oh, my God, why did you bring me here? Or I go to an event or whatever. And, you know, just like I paid money for this. I wasted my night for this, et cetera. Yeah. Um, you feel so powerless. And that I noticed with Shirley, she can't stand that. And yeah. as, as you were, yeah. and as you were saying, you know, Laverne is immediately pragmatic, like, Okay, it is time to complain. It is time to either get up, either get her money back, go home, or something. But this whole, I'm gonna, you know, it's it really is a testament to how much Laverne loves Shirley because, yeah, she's going with it for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a hurricane for her to finally say no, no, we got no wall. We're drowning. We're about to die. I have a sea. I have a starfish on my face. Enough. Yes, yeah. right. Oh, yeah, the starfish. Um, it's I realized that basically is a face hugger, and unfortunately, I'm sad that they <laughs> cut out the scene that Laverne gets a bunch of Starburst candy exploding out of her stomach at breakfast the following day. Oh my god! And, and that those Starbursts turn to the perfect life form that then murders the entire oh. hotel and then goes on to ravage the countryside. I'm so bummed that they cut out that original ending. Was that better or worse than that fanfic where Pennywise uh, kills everybody? <laughs> that ended up in a, in a national news in, in national in a local newspaper in Milwaukee recently. Wait, oh, oh, yeah, that one. Yes. I, yeah. I don't. <sighs> here's here's yeah. here's the catch: the Starburst one with it actually being candy that comes out, not an actual like xenomorph. Um, <laughs> that is easily write offable as a. Lenny writes his own fanfic of how why their vacation was so bad, or uh, Squeaky does. Squeaky's <laughs> in the monsters, but neither of the girls are naked, so <laughs> they are, however, in pillowcases. And under those pillowcases, they were naked. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just bit my palm. There we go. I'm committed to this podcast. I bit my palm for it anyway. Have you, uh, I've drawn blood. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, uh, before we get too far, and I want to make sure I don't forget this. Um, I tried to do a count. I probably missed one or two. How many times do you think we got no wall was uttered? Got uh, at least six, six or five times. It's ten. And wow, it's double what I thought. Mm. That's double what I thought. But yeah, that's why this this episode is extremely memorable to a lot of people. It's legendary uh, for a lot of folks. I think it's still in the top ten when it comes to most popular uh, Laverne Shirley episodes on IMDb. It's, uh, it's it's understandable. Memorable to a lot of folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and I think the whole like 
as we're saying, like, you know, this whole really putting them through the ringer, you know, the physical comedy gags. I mean, my mom laughed a ton, a storm up through parts of this. Uh, She guffawed at the goat, you know, Um, you know, we got another roomie, you know, Um, (laughs) and and the the hurricane scene, you know, was 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 the storm. You know, you have all this and then it also has this really cathartic ending where all like there's like after the storm, everyone's on their side and the mob taking over, you know, trying to get throw Mr. Frick in the bay is 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 a fantastic way to conclude it. Yes, 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 yes. To the bay to the bay is incredibly wonderful. It's a great little ending. Ah. And and I love the uh, exchange of like, you know, it's like you, now you've learned an important lesson. Avoid poverty at all costs. And for your comfort, dry blankets <laughs> are available in the gift shop for a small rental fee. And I love when they assault, they attack him, that Shirley's response to him is avoid screwing people over at all costs or something to that extent. I'm paraphrasing on that yeah. one. Um, yes, 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 exactly. Because to the bay, to the bay. <laughs> yeah, one good shark deserves another. I love that. Yep, exactly. That's a great one. And then, and then there's the to the safe, to the safe. <laughs> we neglected to mention the re- really great opening scene oh, where Frank did. and Edna have a pillow fight, I, and they start making out. It's so great. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so he, fr- yeah, Frisky Frankie. Yes, yes, yes. Love over forty is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, uh love over forty. Oh, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> Actually, I'm over 40. Anyway. I, yeah. Well, okay. As of this recording, I am a month and two days away from my own birthday, and I'm fast. I'm going to catch up to you soon, hon. Yes. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Also, pretty much. The, the scene, the Pella fight's great. It's, I, I love Frank and Edna in this series season and they they've yes. been great Phil and Betty's chemistry is so good and it, you're yes. right. It is such a great opener we're not going to see much of them after this point, are we? Oh, there's some episodes that are about them. Okay. Yes, actually. They may do make a lot of appearances coming up uh, in the beginning of the episodes. Okay. And there is a whole episode that is about their marriage in season six. Okay. So there, there is more of them yeah, coming. Yes. Phew. Okay. Because I just, I worry that like when something goes well, like, it just disappears. I'm, I'm just, I, you know, because yeah. as of this recording, we're also I'm getting close to doing the uh, the the audio edit for the dance studio, which was like, yes, this Yay. is the Carmine that I kind of wanted. And it yes. disappeared like two episodes into <laughs> into season four. So it's like I'm oh. so paranoid now. Yeah, but he's been very nice. This 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 season, he has been a very good boyfriend to Shirley. Yeah, he's yeah, I admit that's much. He's been very good. He's been good. He's been very nice. Um, changing subject, though. Uh, f- uh, the Fister's five and dime. Fister, everything. Yeah, everything. Everything, and they picked up bikinis there, and the audience is really hot to see them in those bikinis. They don't get to, but hey. <sighs> yeah, same audience, same. Um, uh, they, they're almost, but not quite as horny as the dude who uh, whistled his ass off when Penny startled that elephant. Oh, and, uh, oh no! Oh god! I will never forget that. It's the most inappropriate moment to whistle. <laughs> what are you thinking, my dude? Oh yeah. All I can think of now is um, Mark Sotkin's book about how horny the audience was. <laughs> this fictionalized, thinly fictionalized version of the life on the show. He wrote a fictional book, book about. Oh jeez. Oh man. Okay, yes, but uh, Frank wants 
the girls to go back to Brooklyn to go see Laverne's grandma again. And I would have paid money to go see, to watch that. Yes. Oh, yes. Just the two of them and the boys in Brooklyn again. Yeah. I, How much fun would that have been? Oh, totally. Oh, especially because that was just the Little Italy Festival thing. We didn't get like them going yeah. to Broadway. We didn't get them dealing with yeah. Wall Street. We didn't de- get it. You could do an entire yeah. episode of them getting stuck and lost on the subway, the subway system. Yes. Like yes. that, that could, yes. that could be its own yes. episode. You could do a West Side Story riff with Carmine yes. having to do a dance off to rescue them. Um, oh, man. That, that, you know, which would be amazing. And uh, yeah, there's there's so much that could be done, and and uh, yeah. it's it's it would have been great. I, and I love um, it. Feels like such a New Yorker, like a city New Yorker line. It's like yeah, your grandmother's got a fire escape, you know, when they're asking yeah. they want a nice view. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I uh, wish they had done this. And that is proof and part and parcel that Penny was right, and they should have just moved the whole show to New York instead of California. She was right. Yep. Because you think about um, the plot options that you get uh, for the California seasons versus the plot options you could have had in New York. You kind of go, yeah, that would have been more interesting. I think it's it's the catches. I also think it's it's the time because, you know, when you look at like the 80s, the very sunny California, you know, like that was part of that whole like you know, the threes company crowd and, um, Charlie's angels and all these shows, you know, chips, etc. um, being done at that time. And it, it's, you know, cause that was like the thing. And that's one of the problems with TV. Right. And always, and just with anything, you know, is that they always just like, said, yeah. we, we want something like this and that's all that they want rather mm-hmm. than cause today looking back on it, the smarter choice is to set them is to move them to New York because, Oh yeah, there's yeah. way more story potential and yeah. better ideas for yeah. comedy. Uh, it's yeah. culturally different. Um, it's a weird yeah. hindsight thing. Yeah. Penny actually said that Gary's reason for moving everybody to California was we can get more movie stars to cameo. Who, so. who cares? Cause yeah, I know I, that's the thing. That's the thing. Cause the, the, the movie star cameos we do get, there's like maybe like two or three, uh, and they really aren't worth it. And there's one incredibly awkward episode that, that we'll cut, tackle and that comes up in season seven, I think. Why, why did I get the yeah. feeling that's going to involve Jay Leno? No, that's actually not the Jay Leno episode. Jay Leno doesn't appear as himself in either of his appearances on the show. Okay, good. Uh, anywho, um, speaking of actors and appearances, though, uh, do we want to cover actor notes or do we want to uh, g- kind of get up? Oh, wait, sorry. Okay. Before actually, no, I take that back. Sorry. Uh, future me is going to keep all that. You're going to keep all this in future yeah. me because my mistake should be, <laughs> uh, safe for... <laughs> no, 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 it should be, it should be kept for posterity. Um, <laughs> scale one to 10. How are we thinking about this? Hello gag? Uh, it's pretty okay. Uh, this is a mid range. Hello gag for me. At least I laughed at it. Yeah. Totally isolated, nowhere near humanity. Hello. <laughs> it's about mid-range for me. It's not one of my favorites, but it's it's, it's like a, it's like a four or five out of ten for me. Yeah. It's like it's it's like it's yeah. okay. It's not bad, you know. But it's yeah. yeah, yeah, it's there. It's I think it's it's it needs a stronger setup. It needs something like you know um, this thing, you know, and get away from all our problems. And hello, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a better one. Yeah. That would have been a more solid one. Yep. Oh, did you like that uh, Laverne gives Len- Lenny and a, um, the, the, the wrist twist, the arm twist? Yes, 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 yes. 
And that was immediately followed by him sucking her her garter belt into his mouth. I mean, he doesn't even know what it is. Did, he doesn't did he, even know that he has her lingerie in his did, mouth. Did he have it in his mouth or did he have it? Did, yes. Oh, God, I didn't catch that. I don't know why I didn't catch that. Yes. That's amazing. It is in his mouth. Lenny, careful. You, you don't you should know where that's been and you should enjoy that. <laughs> Um, I, I d- would, but they don't know. They think it's secret woman stuff. They have no idea where it goes. <laughs> it holds, it, what is it? It holds up their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. That was Squiggy's line. It holds up their shoes. Speaking of Squiggy, um, that another great example of the terrific hate sex on uh, terrific hate yeah. sex watch unhand me woman. <laughs> there are countries in this world where you would be forced to bear my children. And I would, I gasped. Such behavior. <laughs> Amazingly, Shirley does not punch him for saying that. And you know she would. Hey, maybe she's starting yeah. to get into it. <laughs> they would, like I said, terrific hate sex. Terrific hate sex between those two. She'd regret it forever and he'd forever be her slave afterwards, but terrific hate sex. Ah, <sighs> that's a good one. Yes, indeed. I completely forgot that that guy, that creepy guy says, you look great wet to Laverne. Oh, yeah, that line. Yeah, I'm amazed <laughs> that got past the censors. Amazed. Same. I mean, this, this. Yeah, at least. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, this is during the time when John Holmes was, you know, making movies. Like, oh, people. God. Oh, my God. I was going to say, there are at least five or six gags in this show that managed to make it into the on the air that I'm amazed got past the censors. Mm-hmm. Amazed. Or, like, shocked. Ah. <sighs> goodness uh speaking of uh porno mustaches though um oh. it's, it's probably time to start jumping into those uh actor notes and then we'll get to the pros and cons of the episode um yes. so uh the, the the man with the the mustachioed man himself peter ebling returns here as yes. jose as uh, jose the hired hand um sad thing to mention this is his final episode as an actor on the show but it is his fourth appearance yeah. Uh, he was a multi-talented dude. He worked throughout a long period across wild projects. This guy was in the Brave New World TV movie. He was in two episodes of Taxi as uh, Mashka or Masha, who yes. appears at Laka and Simka's wedding rather prominently. I actually looked up that episode to track that down. Uh, he plays three different supporting band member roles in Phantom of the Paradise. He's in yep. Demon Seed, an episode of Serota's yep. Court, three episodes of V, the series, and was the bookseller in Once Bitten. I mean... This dude is still working and actually had two appearances in 2019. So we say goodbye to Peter Elbling for, uh, now, but at least he won't be as racially insensitive on the show going forward. <laughs> oh, uh, we liked him better when he was a fake German. We do. Yeah, we do. And and yeah, not a gropey Italian. Um, yes. So, uh, so Dottie was uh, Lou Leonard. Uh, that she was a another longtime character actor who had many small appearances, but all over the place as far back as like the early to mid fifties, like Red Skelton Hour, My Little Margie, and The Life of Riley. Uh, she was like on Patty Duke, Route sixty six, and awesome piece of trivia. Now this is my nerd trivia for today that makes me really happy. Is uh, she was a roadhouse? She was the roadhouse waitress in Starman. Um, so. <gasps> But uh, she also had a teeny little spot in Candy and Lacey, which is always great to give Sharon Gillespie a little shout out there. Um, and uh, she also was on the Uncle, Uncle Buck TV series as, Miss, as uh, oh, Mrs. Crappier. But sadly, oh. uh, Lou Leonard, she passed away in 1995, but at the age of 77, oh. she had a really good run. So oh. good good on you, Lou. Yes, she did. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. 
Uh, so I think Lou, the hairy guy, um, it appears that that is William Sumter. That's Milo. So we just, oh. so we want to say hi, Milo. Thank you again for tearing apart Mr. Shots. And uh, <laughs> as we mentioned before, uh, that we would cover Sumter Lotes uh, later. And so here we go. He was a character actor in TV starting in the late 60s. He was in Gunsmoke, The Invaders, Josie's Castle, and the More Than Friends TV movie, as we mentioned, with Penny and, Ro- and Rob Reiner. Uh, he also was featured as the customer in Happy Days, episode 16, season 10. He looks like returned, retired from acting in the 80s and then passed away at the age of 60 in 1990. Uh, but we will see him twice more on Laverne and Shirley. So we have that to look forward to. OK, Yay. so we have seen Mr. Fred Frick before. Can, can, OK, season one. And I want you and I and actually, here's what I'll say. Season one. And it was an episode that introduced. A boyfriend for Laverne. Okay, that is, don't tell me that that is actually the same actor that played Sal. That is the Milwaukee Masher. That's the Milwaukee Masher. Oh my God, I should have recognized. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, Jesus, I thought my, my eyes and my brain had uh, decided to die at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Uh, okay. So he will have That's two cool. more two more appearances on the show. Uh, he had a fun career in bit parts um, from Kentucky Fried Movie, Corvette Summer, Rockin', and of course, The Love Boat, which comes up a lot. Uh, but I also got to shout out that this guy was also an officer on McLeod. So that's pretty neat. Chief. So that was uh, <laughs> Chief McLeod. Uh, yeah, Neil Thompson. Neil Thompson is his name. I'm sorry, I did not mention Neil Thompson as Mr. Frick. So that is our actor notes for today. Um, All right. Yeah. And then uh, behind the camera, um, I'm still working on getting those notes for Joel's Wake. They won't be for this uh, session. I, I've been really busy with work. So the this episode, the next uh-huh. two won't have Joel's Wick notes, but I will be getting more soon. I, this, he's He's been on a couple of podcasts in the last couple of years. I just I got to I need to carve out the time to listen to it. Um, but uh, writer credits. So this was Deborah Leshen and Susan Seeger. So hi, Deb. Debbie. Um, sadly, we love you. This unfortunately is our last appearance as written by on the show. Boo. Um but uh, as we mentioned before, Deborah uh, Deborah Leshen is part of the dynamic duo that wrote um, "Look Before You Leap" and "A Visit to the Cemetery." Her other credits on the show have included writing "Fake Out at the Stakeout," "Call Me a Taxi," and "Stepping Out," as well as working in the writers' room for season eight as an executive story editor. She started out as an executive script consultant, aka a writer in the room, on the series Rhoda in 1977, which she actually continued working on even as she got gigs with Laverne and Shirley. So after her jaunt in the Milwaukee years of Laverne and Shirley, she did various writing gigs in the 80s and then seems to have probably retired sometime in the early 1990s. Her last few projects included The Royal Family, Open House, and two episodes of Who is the Boss? So in the case of Susan Seeger, uh, so her career started as a writer on Ryan's Hope in the late 70s and get an episode of Working Stiffs, which then kind of probably transitioned to this. She would then go on to co-create the show's duet and Open House along with Ruth Bennett. Yes. And also create the one season wonder American dream in 1990. So it looks like she's oh. retired from the profession as of the mid to late 1990s, uh, writing an episode of party girl in 96 and exec producing an episode of Maggie in 99. Um, but yeah, so that covers our, all those notes for today, but yeah, so it's a bit yeah. bittersweet, but um, I gotta say, this is, yes. you know, again, yeah. mentioning Deborah has got that, the sort of the class, the, the, I guess classiness in the sense of like, it's good. It's quality character stuff for the girls and um 
And then I think her and, C- and Seeger came up with some really fun gags and really interesting side characters for this episode. Oh, definitely. Uh, I will say that I really liked Duet and Open House, which I watched as a kid, even though I was too young to watch them. They were, oh. they were like early uh, Fox sitcoms. I was watching Living Color. I watched a lot of stuff. My parents just said they did that that open hippie thing where you know you can watch us as long as you if you're confused by something, come talk to us. Oh yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I I was familiar with that stuff, and yeah, yeah, that that was some good stuff. Good on them. Good on them. Yeah. That's, okay. So yes, pros and cons. Yes. Um, pro, this episode is hilarious and yes. incredibly well paced. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the writing is incredible. The physical stunts. This is the, one of those times where the verbal humor and the physical humor collide very well. That's not that doesn't always happen every time when we have an episode with a lot of uh, physical comedy in it, but this time it really does. This time it really works. My another con, my my probably one of my biggest cons is that we don't get enough of the boys in this episode. But it's not, you know, I I don't know if they could have uh, added anything to those uh, scenes versus just being the spoilers when they're off having fun in the girls' luggage. Yeah, and that's I think that's the catch is not knowing what happened to them. I think works better because yeah. we really stay with the girls, and that discovery at the end is it makes the punchline yes. punchier. Yes, 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 yes. I love that one little bit where the girls are sitting in their chairs because poor Dottie has taken the bed. Oh, God, yes. sitting in chairs asleep. And Shirley's having this dirty dream about Carmine running his fingers through her hair and it's Laverne's toes. Yes. Um, That actually was interesting because this is the first time I think we've really have had Carmine have, sorry, not Carmine, have Shirley have a sexy dream about Carmine. Yes, 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 yes. And then Laverne snores worse than Lenny, which is saying something. Man. Man, 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 man. Hmm. Man, man, man. <laughs> I, loved, I loved a lot of this. I feel so sorry for poor Dottie. Oh, goodness. I kind of wanted an ending where her, her Montezuma's revenge fully solves itself the poor thing yeah like it god like she gets a it gives sends them a postcard later that she ends up turning out to like you know she goes through this process because she was like dedicating her life to science or or her body to you know (laughs) donating the body to science and so therefore she's now like helped find the cure for a disease (laughs) no or just i'm all better now i loved when Shirley's just yelling it could be raining yes and then it just starts to rain oh yeah Oh yeah, never ever tempt fate that way. Never ever yeah. in the middle of a storm do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mother Nature just grins. Yeah, it's just kind of rubs his palms together. Uh, another pro, I love that as soon as you see Mr. Frick and what his whole operation is all about. Yeah. He reminds me of that slimy slug guy from Rocco's Modern Life who runs that uh, crappy oh, the crappy theme park, and I think he he shows up in a couple of other episodes. I think, but you know that was a. That was what it reminded me of is that kind of slime bag. That's like, you know, it's a, it's this sort of shyster schemer. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's worse than a Grunkle Stan because Grunkle Stan yeah. would prefer that you leave, you know, regardless, he's going to get your money, but he would definitely prefer that you had a smile along the way. Yeah. 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 At least you had a good time for what you saw, even if what you saw is crappy. Exactly. Because he knows the more fun <laughs> you have, the more money you're willing to spend. Yep. 
Yep, exactly, exactly. If you're not willing to give uh, give him yet, yeah, continue to give you him your cash, uh, you're not going to be a worthwhile mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, I just came across this notice. I'm scrolling up and down. Um, we haven't, we didn't mention the double slap with the fly. I was just going to mention that. That was one of my last notes. That, just the absolute double something. Oh, uh, <laughs> I love it when they do that. I love it. That's great. It. And I like when uh, Frick kills the fly at the front desk and she dings the bell. Bullseye. Yeah. Bullseye. Oh, God. And I love that. Basically, they are probably on the Texas-Mexican border. Mm-hmm. This is where near Mexico is. There's only a certain amount of land where you can be near Mexico. So they're basically in Texas, and Shirley's out there speaking Spanish, which I, you know, you know I suppose you, you have to, you do have to speak Spanglish in certain in certain towns, but the fact that she's going all in on this amuses me. It's yeah. Really me. Yeah. It's very Shirley. Because, again, it's very, it's very Lily. Because Lily Feeney seems a certain yeah. type of condescending. Yes, yes. But, but in... At heart, she's not trying to like do be be mean, right? She's, Shirley's she's not, trying to yeah. be her good Shirley self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because because it's like it's a case she does. It's a case of if she knew it was offensive, she wouldn't do it. Whereas her mom doesn't yeah. care, and yeah. that's that's the exactly. difference. Exactly. Barb just wants the best for Shirley in a blind way. Yeah, she wants it. She wants her to have the best, the absolute best. This doesn't matter what Shirley wants, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Thus, that, thus, that is her blindness. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, but yeah, kind of what, do you, what I don't really have much more to cover. Do you Where have, do yeah, do you have uh, any sort of final thoughts? Uh, this is a terrific little episode when it comes to physicality. When it comes to physicality, this is an absolutely wonderful episode. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, if you if you enjoy the show's physical comedy side, if you enjoy it when it um, collides uh, with its uh, humorous side, but when it comes to verbal comedy, you're gonna like this one. It's a good time. That's my the final thought. That's a good time. Yeah, I I also had this bit. I did find them the bottom of my, very very at the tiny tiny bottom of my notes. Um, the also speaking of t- uh, tiny bottoms, uh, yeah, I really had trouble not looking at Laverne Penny's butt. Just <laughs> fall off the bed. Um, I was I was looking respectfully. Uh, yes, sure. You were looking at her butt respectfully. I believe <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trunk. That's the way I look at her legs respectfully. Anyway, <laughs> um, the luggage had a better vacation than us, and them seeing the trunk, and I realized it's it's like oh no, they got the Ark of the Covenant, and I realized oh no, it's the ah! ar- it's the Ark of the Squigganant. Um, ah! But uh, do you think that Lenny's showing postcards or pictures because he probably got Laverne's camera in the luggage when they were traveling around? I think he was showing off pictures. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, Awesome. So I guess that's uh, up for ranking. What do you think? Oh, this has got to be a high seven to an eight for me. Uh, It's a classic. It has a classic of physical humor. Yeah, it's it's Perfect. is solid. Yeah, I'm definitely going to say definitely. I think we're just going to go for an A just because this is yeah. even though like as mentioned, like the, the stuff with Shirley doesn't make me terribly comfortable, but yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's it's something I can't knock too much because the stuff I like about it is still so fun. It, it reminds me in many ways of like a Babalu Mandel episode where there's that kind of that roughness to the humor that it's a little yeah. it's a little darker, you know, it's a little edgier in places. 
a little schemey. It's very, but it's very fun. And yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, the staging and choreography is, is really good. You know, it's, um, it's one of those that if they were putting these episodes together, like in say a week, maybe two, this has got some very impressive effects and sets and, and uh, gags that they have to do. And much of them in a single take, they got like one take to get it in some cases and they pull it off. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's a darn good little episode. Just a good yeah. time. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Cool. All right. Well, if that's everything, then we'll thank you again, everybody, so much for watching Night After Night or listening to Night After Night on wherever podcasts may be found. But if you would like to know more, you can join us at Night After Night PC on Twitter or Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, and YouTube. Uh, so, um, anyway, so I, I gotta, I gotta get going because I think the next, um, uh, next week I'm going to be busy on set. Uh, I've got this thing to do. There's, it's kind of got a little <laughs> hush hush, this little NDA. Uh, Lisa, why don't you tell the fine folks at home, uh, what, what we can expect next time. The girls volunteer to act in an army film, but unfortunately it turns out that they're doing a, a PSA that's anti-BD. This is, you ought to be in pictures. Oh, well, I guess that, um, well, I guess I don't have to worry about that NDA anymore. Okay, I guess we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that next time. See ya, folks. Does everybody have herpes? <laughs> oh, bye, y'all. Watch out for the, watch out for those coconuts and palm trees and goats. The goat. Watch and, out for that tree. And the starfish. Don't forget the starfish. And the starfish. Don't forget the starfish. The